Ugh, this phone drives me crazy. Excuse me, I'm the Sprinter and from Sprint. Try my new iPhone XR with an amazing liquid retina display. This is amazing. Mind if I snap a few photos? Look at that color. I love this display. I, uh, I'm gonna need that back. Switch to Sprint and get iPhone XR 64 gigabytes for $0 per month with an eligible trade-in and a Sprint Flex lease. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Phone $0 per month for 18 months after $31.25 per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Excludes tax subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in, everybody, to the Hot Corner. I'd like to introduce myself to you all tonight. My name is Dr. Ray Tomos. I am a primary care chiropractor here in Miami, Florida, and uh, host this show, The Hot Corner, each and every Wednesday night um, with my good friend, my co-host, Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III. And uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce Manny in a moment. Tonight I wanted to talk to you guys about... Uh, well, the topics of the show. Uh, tonight's show, we're going to be talking a lot about digestive health. Uh, we're going to be talking about how, how digestive health can actually affect other things within your health. Um, and we're going to kind of get down into the nitty-gritty um, about all that as for our health topic of the night. Um, you know that for our other topics that we definitely had to bring up uh, what's going on up there in New England and what's happening up there with the Patriots and... Uh, you know, anytime we get to call the Patriots cheaters, that's always a good thing. So that's what we're going to go ahead and try to do tonight. Um, but without any further ado, I'd actually like to go ahead and introduce Manny, uh, the man who invented the hashtag, the Lions Make Lions, Mr. Ferrero. How are you doing tonight, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great, Dr. Ray. How are you, man? And I, I can't take credit for that. That was actually a friend of mine um, who actually uses it himself. But I, I don't think he uses it so much in social media. He does it a lot in, in uh, text messaging back and forth on the group messaging from a, a group of friends of ours from, from way back. So I can't take full credit for that. I got I to gotta give him credit. His name is Omar, and uh, he started having children way before me. So uh, I actually stole it from him. I kind of liked it. So lions make lions, hashtag lions make lions. All right, I got you. Well, then we'll we'll go ahead and we'll give him some credit too. We'll give him a shout out out here on the hot corner. Um, <clears throat> we'll go ahead and we'll get that going. But uh, anyway, Manny, you know it's Wednesday night. You know favorite night of the week. And um, why don't we go ahead and we why don't we start out talking a little bit about what's happening in the NFL right now? Uh, what have you heard about this uh, Patriots thing going on tonight, dude? Man, I it, it's kind of funny because the other day. Um, I have a, a regulation size NFL football that I, I play around with, with MF4 with my son. And when it's inflated to full capacity, it's kind of difficult. If you don't have big hands, it's kind of difficult to get around it and, and throw it accurately. So if you if you deflate it a little bit, you you get a little bit more grip. You could throw it you know, a lot better. You can catch it a lot better. You can hold on to the ball a lot better. Like if you're running, you know, it's it's a lot more difficult to to lose a fumble or lose the ball to a fumble. So, uh, man, if, if if this is true, man, you know, number one, hats off to to uh, Bill Belichick and and the New England Patriots for even thinking about doing this because, you know, who who sits down and thinks about these 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 things these little Little uh, tricks and stuff, man. You you know you really gotta be on top of your game if you're really thinking about little little cheats and little stuff like this. But hey, you know I, I guess you know he he took a chance. If they're gonna take away some draft picks next year, 
Um, I don't think that's really going to hurt New England. Bill Belichick just he, he he gets rid of of superstars, and it just seems like he just reloads and and with with no name players. So I you know I, I really don't think it's it's going to really affect them in in any way. But dude, it, it, it's crazy if they're getting down to cheating like that. You know, it's um, it's funny that you mention that, Manny, but. You know, it was a little bit of, of contraindicator or, or con- contradictory what you said there um, because Belichick does always get rid of those big-name guys and then reload, but he usually does so through the draft. So I do think it's something that might potentially hurt the Patriots a little bit. Um, but, again, you know, Belichick is Belichick, and I'm sure he'll find a way to win like they usually do. But, you know, Tom Brady's getting a little bit older, and, you know, this could this could potentially be – one of the things that kind of sets them back a little bit, uh, depending on what type of draft picks and, and, you know, what's, you know, what rounds and how many and so on and so forth. But you're a hundred percent right about those balls that are, that are underinflated versus overinflated. Um, and, you know, and how they can affect the game for sure. I guess my whole question on the whole thing is, you know, do the Patriots supply their own balls only, or, you know, kind of what happened, you know, like is, are they the only ones that use the ball there, or how does you know how does that whole thing kind of work? Is, yeah. Well, it's kind of my question. You know, do they do, that, don't both teams share the balls, or do they only get to use their own balls, or how does that work? I don't I don't know what the details is about about that, but I saw kind of a a funny tweet today. Um, we follow, you know, anything that has to do with slow pitch softball or softball, these keywords, these special keywords that we follow. Um, and somebody tweeted out, the NFL is a $45 billion company and the teams have to provide their own balls. And the guy said at the end, what is this slow pitch softball? Um, and I think he, <laughs> he has a, you know, it's kind of funny, but I think he has a point. You know, why why open up, you know, the door to cheating, you know, especially when it comes down to the actual ball that they're using in the game. The NFL should should provide these balls, maybe have maybe 100 balls at each stadium uh, for each game. You know, it's only it's only a 16 week league, uh, season, so I don't think it's really going to hurt them that much. Them being a 45 billion dollar company, I don't know if that's accurate. That's that's on on Twitter from what I heard from that guy, but um, you know, it, it, he has a point there, man. I think uh, the NFL should provide each ball for for each NFL game, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I can't say right now that I don't agree to that. Um, that's definitely a big deal right there for sure. And it's kind of funny. You know, maybe maybe they should just sell the balls to the teams like they do in focus softball. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that should work. But, you know, I definitely think that they should try to close down every avenue where a team could potentially create an advantage for themselves. And, you know, this might be kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back there and make them tip the scale tip the scale, excuse me, back towards that and, you know, try to work on actually getting that to happen. So who knows, you know, maybe it's one of those things where from now on maybe the NFL will start to uh, start to put those balls in and, and not let the teams take care of them. But definitely I think an advantage, maybe not so much for the kicker, um, but definitely for the people catching the ball, for the people running the ball, easier to grip. You know, also if somebody swats the ball when it's underinflated, it's not going to pop out quite as easy. You know, and, and uh, you know, I heard a lot. Actually, I read a few tweets today um, about people saying, oh, you know, we ran the ball for 150-some yards and three touchdowns, you know, inflate this. Brandon, uh, Brandon Browner that wrote that, uh, one of the one of the Patriots uh, DBs. But, you know, at the same time, like I just mentioned, it, holding the ball is easier when it's underinflated. You know, like you said, especially for the people that have smaller hands, you know, so – that that's definitely an advantage, even running the ball as well too. Um, easier to grip, harder to knock out, and uh, you know that 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 could definitely happen. The Colts are a team that that thrive off of turnovers. You know they turn the ball over, but they also get turnovers as well too. And uh, that obviously didn't happen in that romping, you know, that night. So 
I think that could play a little bit of an effect, and, and I definitely think that, yep. you know, running the ball even with an underinflated ball is still an advantage there. So I'm interested to see what the league does. And Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but the way the way New England manhandled the Colts, I don't think uh, deflated balls had really that much of an impact uh, in that particular game. They just totally, totally, uh, you know, outthought, outplayed the New England, uh, sorry, the Indianapolis Colts. And look, even down to the balls where they, they were playing with uh, an advantage on the ball. So... You know, hats well, off you know, to the New England Patriots, man. You know what I think it is, though, Manny, is that in a game like that when emotions are running so high, you know, when the team develops momentum, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I mean, Oregon versus Florida State. I don't think that you will ever see a score 59 to 20 again between those two teams if you were to replay it 10, 20, 30 times over again. I mean – it happened with turnovers where Florida State just fumbled the ball right to Oregon. They were running the other way with it. You know, they scored off all those turnovers, and then that was just it. I mean, the team gets deflated. The emotions run so high, that, and then they go so low that it's very, very hard to recover from those kinds of things. So, you know, who knows that the balls weren't so underinflated and New England didn't have such an advantage. They could have, you know, maybe not built such an easy of a lead and then, uh, you know, turn it around right on them the way that they did. You know, there's a lot of momentum involved in what happened in that game. I mean, you, you look at what happens, the other team starts pressing, you start trying to force throws, you start trying to make plays that you shouldn't be trying to make instead of late in the game come to you, and, you know, that's what happens. So, yeah, but doc, while I still, Dr. Ray, well, I still, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, wh- what are you going to do? Imagine if you're uh, the NFL. What what are you going to do now after the fact? You, you know, you could maybe punish him, punish them in the future, and that's that's what I think they're going to do with future draft picks. But you know, you can't go back and take that game away. You can't you can't do anything now after the fact. They they won it, and and the game's over now. You know, if they want to punish them for for something in the future, that's that's another that's a whole different topic. But I, you know, no, what I are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole do? thing. There, there's nothing that they can do at this point. You know, I'm just saying that it might have been a different game had that not have happened. You know, there, obviously, there's nothing they can do. Um, but what I'm saying is that we need to go back and we need to check if Oregon underinflated some balls. Because um, I think that that might oh, be God. Much Here we go. so bad. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, man, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But, uh, Unbelievable. You know, in all seriousness, you know, it, it is all about how you play the game. And, you know, sportsmanship is a really big deal. And I think that's why, you know, sports are, are such an important part of a child's life, for example. You know, we want all our kids to participate in sports and everything because they learn discipline. You know, they learn how to, uh, you know, they really learn about life and, and how to, you know, be a good sport. And, you know, you, you can't win every time. And if you don't, you need to also learn how to lose gracefully. You know, that that's just an important of a skill as it is to, uh, you know, as it is to as to win. It's just important to, to know how to lose. And, uh, right. you know, obviously everybody wants to win as often as possible, but you can't do that every time. You know, 29 in a row is about where it stops nowadays. So, you know, that's that's the way that it works. So, you know, you never want to see a team win or have an unfair advantage or cheat because that changes a lot, and it, and it does make you more of kind of a sore loser and say, man, you know what, they t- they cheated us, man, you know, and, and then it makes them want to cheat and say, oh, well, somebody else cheated, and it just becomes one of those pay-it-forward cycles but just not in a good way, you know. So hopefully the league will make an example out of the Patriots you know, and maybe uh, maybe make them give Tom Brady to the Dolphins or something like that. That would be great. Huh. Yeah, happy happy wishing. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, what else is going on in the NFL world? What did you think about the end of that? What did you think about the end of that and uh, Seahawks game? Wow, man! Amazing, man. Amazing. I, I I thought Russell Wilson was having a terrible day. Um but man, they were able to pull it off at the end, dude. What what did you think? Well, number one, my brother's a pu- a huge Packers fan. Um 
and I personally I personally don't like the Seahawks that much. Um, and I do like the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers and his dad, the chiropractor. If uh, you know, a lot of people didn't know that, but he's a big chiropractic advocate as well too. So I was going for the Packers. I like the Packers. I like the green and the gold from the Oakland days. So uh, you know, I'll go with the Packers. But um, you know, I just thought it was such a crazy, uh, just a crazy, just. I guess, set of events that happened in a row, like where everything just went Seattle's way right there. Like, it was just crazy. Like, that run that, that Marshawn Lynch had, that catch that he had along the sideline, and he just went in for the touchdown. And then the onside kick where it went and bounced off the guy's face. You know, I mean, there was, like, just so many things. And then, of course, the the big play oh. down the middle to Javon Curse, who they had been 0 for 5 in targeting, you know, with two interceptions previously to that. You know, just crazy and of course they won the toss you know for the uh to get the ball first so the Packers didn't even have a chance you know had the Packers got the ball first they probably would have scored too I mean they've got a great offense so you know who who knows what you, but what do you think about that rule Dr. Ray you know what I personally I, I like it the fact that they said that you know if one team kicks a field goal the other team gets a chance but I think that sudden death I like I like the way that they do it in soccer you know in soccer it's a whole extra period, and then if that doesn't work, a whole extra period, and then if that doesn't work, well, then we're going to go to a penalty kick. You know, and maybe that's something they should think about doing in football, play an extra period. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be a whole period, but maybe a five-minute period. If that doesn't work, then another five-minute period, and if at the end of that you don't have a team that's winning, maybe get the field goal kickers out there, man. Start them at 25, take them back to 30, take them back to 35. Oh, I like that. You know what I mean? Maybe something like that would be pretty cool to uh, to get a little like overtime a shootout. thing going. But yeah, a little shootout, you know, and then that will give the fans something to cheer about, and you can block the kick. You know what I mean? And whoever, and that'll also make the role of the kicker a lot more important as well, too. Um, you know, yeah, and I, I think that would be I, something that would be awesome. Exactly. The name of the game is called football, and it's it's the least thing that you actually do, man. Yeah, that 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 always you know what uh, I mean? was pretty funny to me. That was always pretty funny to me. You know, so uh, it's football, but we run it and we throw it with our hands and we actually only touch it with our feet. Maybe you know, five six times a game. Exactly. So yeah, definitely. That that's definitely odd. But um, anyway, I don't know. I think that that would be a fun way to see football games end, um, kind of in shootout fashion, you know, and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I agree. Um, hockey, hockey, it's done like that. Like you said, in soccer, it's done like that. Uh, in basketball, there's there's overtime periods. Um, in baseball, they play extra extra innings, complete innings. You know, unless unless the home team is winning after the the top half. But um, you know, it's kind of fair, except in in football. I mean. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think both teams should have a, a chance with the ball, man, and don't leave it up to the coin toss, basically, because you're you're leaving it up to to winning a coin toss that you really have no, um, you know, no, nothing, nothing goes to, to, to you. You you have no... Um, no skill involved. Help me out. Yeah, no skill, no nothing. It, it's all yeah, up to luck, up luck. to chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all luck there. You know. So I don't know. You man. know, one I, thing. I one, I like your your idea, Doctor Ray. A, a kickoff, man. Well, you know what the thing is too is that look at look at the way they do it in college football. I mean, I think that college football has it right. You know, with the Kansas City tiebreaker, where each team gets the ball on the other team's twenty-five yard line, and listen, you get four downs, you get to make a first down, you you can kick a field goal, but if the other team scores a touchdown, you lose. You know, but both teams get the ball there. And I think that that's the way that I think that's the way that it should be done. You know, I don't like the sudden death. You know, whoever wins the coin toss has the chance to win it right away. Um, I think it improved now where they said if it's a field goal, the other team gets the ball too. But I still don't like that. You know, that game would have been awesome to see Seattle score a touchdown. Now let's watch Green Bay come out and score. You know, and if they don't, then yeah, hats off to the Seahawks. They got one of the best defenses in the league. Let them prove it. You know, that's what the playoffs are all about. You know, so. I think that it would have been awesome to see, you know, the Packers get the ball again and see what they could have done and, and whatever. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think that college football has, has over time done right. 
um, with that Kansas City tiebreaker, and I'd like to see that translated to the NFL as well, too. Um, or, you know, like I said, the kickoffs, you're just having the kicker go back, 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 like Chris Berman likes to say. Yeah, man. And look look at um, – that would be kind of cool because look at the, the kickoffs when they're they're kicking from their, their own 25, no? And some of them – some of them make it through the through the field goal, through the uprights on the other side of the field, man. That would be that would be tremendous, bro. I think. No, I, I do too. You know, and, and it's it's awesome to see now. Kickers are improving. You know, everybody in the game is improving. Everybody's getting bigger, faster, stronger. And uh, you know, hey, let's let's give the kickers a chance to be a little bit more part of the game. Yep, I agree, dude. So, what else is on you the know? agenda, Doctor Ray? You know, there's not so much happening now in, in the world of sports. Um, I know, I have man. Been it's so boring, to, man. I, well, it's we're a couple months away now from uh, pitchers and catchers um, and the first spring workouts and everything like that. So, you know, we're getting close to baseball season. There's been a lot, there's been a lot of, um, you know, off-season motion this year. There's been a lot of trades. You know the Red Sox acquired a bunch of people. The Marlins actually made a big off a few big off season moves. So I think the baseball season is going to be a, a good one this year, and I'm excited for that. And of course, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get fantasy going. Um, what you guys want to do is, if there's anybody listening and they want to get involved with our fantasy uh, fantasy baseball, excuse me, listeners league, you want to go ahead and you want to let us know that you're that you want to be a part of it. We're going to go ahead and try to get 12 teams together to play. And uh, we're going to go through, and, and as we get closer to the season, we'll talk about all the categories and everything and how we're going to go ahead and score the league. But if you've never played before, this is a great opportunity for you. We're going to be talking weekly about fantasy baseball, pickups, trades, you know, those kinds of things, whatever it is that you want to talk about. Um, but fantasy baseball is really my favorite fantasy sport. Uh, the one I get the most into, you know, it's a daily thing. you got to wake up, get your lineups in. Sometimes there's early games. So it's kind of rigorous. It's like a full-time job. You know, it's not just once a week like football is, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And then there's September call-ups, and there's always guys coming up from the minors. You know, so there's a lot there's a lot going on, and it, it's a lot of fun. So I uh, definitely encourage you guys to join. And the way that you can do that is you can either call into the show tonight if you like, and you, and you can uh, give us a call. And, the, and the, the call-in number, Manny, go ahead and give them the call-in number, uh, the guest call-in number for the show if anybody the wants guest. to call up and, and get invited. Of course, the guest calling number is area code 347-637-3978. And to tell you the truth, Dr. Ray, I'm actually excited about the uh, the Fantasy uh, Baseball League, man. I, I've never done it, and um, I'm going to be uh, a beginner in the league, just like kind of just like the football league, but I, I think I'm going to do a lot better in this uh, baseball fantasy league, man. I uh, I know a lot a little bit more about baseball. Baseball's my sport. I'm excited, dude. Definitely, and you know because it's a ISPS and it's our slow pitch softball league. I'm sure that there's there's more people out there that are kind of in that same boat. Um, but we're going to be talking a lot about it, and uh, you know it's going to be a lot of fun. So you guys can always tweet us as well too. You can tweet us at Dr. Ray T. That's me, um, or you can tweet Manny um, at ISPSO. And we can go ahead and we can get all that taken care of for you and get you invited into the league and uh, get you out and, and get you playing fantasy uh, baseball with us. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, was there anything that caught your mind or that caught your attention uh, from the offseason uh, baseball move so far, Manny? Uh, no, I'm, ex- I'm actually kind of excited for the Marlins, man. The Marlins... Uh... They're looking pretty good, man. I, I'm I'm excited about them. I, I want to see Jose Fernandez back. I want to see John Carlos back for a full season. Both of them for a full season. Um, and with their new lineup, they look uh, they're looking a lot better, man. A little bit, not a lot better, a little bit better. I don't know. I, I might beg to differ. I think they might be looking a lot better. Um, you know, Casey McGee's gone, and he was really an RBI machine for us last year, but. You know, we got Mike Moore stepping in, who won a championship last year with the uh, with the Giants. You know, we got Martin Prado coming over, who's been a proven hitter for a long time with the Braves, and then recently with the Diamondbacks. You know, so I think that we're going to have a, a lot of experienced guys out there. And you know, I saw the other day that there was a report that we have the best outfield in baseball. 
You know, I, I mean, that I, I don't know if that's the truth. I mean, the Padres got a pretty nice outfield right now going on with Matt Kemp, um, Will Myers, and they made one other off-season trade. Uh, I forgot who it is, but it's a big name. Maybe it might be Justin Upton. I, I don't I don't remember the third one, but um, they got a pretty nice outfield going over there in in San Diego. But but are they talking about the the grass in the outfield or the actual players? <laughs> They're talking about the actual <laughs> players, man. You know, hey, listen, Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich has has proven to be a great player, great outfielder. Um, Marcelo Zuna, same thing. I mean, he he came out of nowhere from straight from Double A to just you know, become a, a a real threat in the lineup. He can go deep. You know, he hits in the clutch. His average isn't great, but, he you know, he's improving. His walk rate's improving. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. And then, of course, Stanton. I mean, Stanton's the legitimate threat in the majors to hit 50 home runs, you know. So, barring any, any you know, setbacks from what happened with him last year when he had that accident, you know, we, we should be in, in good shape here coming up with the Marlins. And, uh, you know, the pitching staff is looking strong. That would be great. You know, I think that we're trying to make one more move where we're trying to unload Dan Heron, um, I think, and potentially pick up somebody from the Angels, C.J. Wilson, which would be an awesome move for the Marlins, um, to get a left-handed innings eater, you know, somebody who can be, you know, not a top-of-the-rotation guy, but somebody in the middle of the rotation and just be, a, you know, a consistent player there. Um, since we lost Andrew Haney, who was our left-handed threat, you know, um, you know, I think it, we, we've had a lot of turnover. We don't, we're not going to have uh, Nathan Eovaldi anymore. We're not going to have Haney anymore. So, you know, we're definitely going to have some turnover from last year. But all in all, I think it's going to be good for the team. So I'm pretty excited for them. Yeah, man, I'm excited for them too, man. Are you um, are you going to get some season tickets, Dr. Ray, or what's up with the Marlins? Uh, you know what? I was thinking about getting some season tickets and that kind of stuff. But, you know, right now with the way everything's going, I think that I would just probably be going, you know, game game time, game time here and there. Um, the, the only right. opportunity I really have to go is, is kind of Friday night games, um, which is cool because you know they do the Friday night fireworks and they'll have and then they'll have concerts every once in a while. Um, but you know, with how busy I've been lately, I just don't I just don't think I'm going to see myself getting out too many games during the week. And you know, on the weekends, mm-hmm. I just want to relax or go hunting or play some golf or do something like that. So. You know, I, I think Friday nights are going to be reserved for, for the Marlins games when they come around and there's some availability, and, you know, that's probably going to be when I'm out there. But, no, I don't think any need for season tickets right now. Man, I was uh, – well, back at home, I have their calendar, their new calendar for 2015. I'm definitely going to go see uh, the Yankees, man. They're going to – they're finally going to be back uh, in Marlins Park. I remember they uh, they were one of the first teams – to play in Marlins Park, um, and that's my team, the Yankees. So I, I'm definitely going to be be getting some tickets for that, man. But Dr. Ray, I wanted to talk to you about um, now that you mentioned being so busy at the at the office. I, I had the pleasure of, of passing by the office on Family Day, man. How how was Family Day overall? Oh man, Family Day was great. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Family Day is, it's something that I do every few months. I have a few family days a year, um, and I try to do them on holidays where, you know, people have, you know, kind of nothing on the schedule. And what I do is I give the opportunity for people to come in and get exams and uh, consultations and everything absolutely for free. So, you know, normally to see me, um, uh, I charge by time for the first couple visits. For the first half hour, it's $55 to see me, and then after that, it's it's $40 for every 20 minutes after. Um and so, you know, it can get a little bit expensive because of, of how thorough we have to be and if there's very complicated issues with internal disorders or whatever the case is, you know, it starts to get up there a little bit. But, you know, this really gives people an opportunity to come in, tell me what's going on, not have to worry about rushing anything. And uh, it, it's awesome because, you know, you get to help people that otherwise wouldn't have been able to come in and then, you know, just kind of expose them to the fact that there's another way to help and another way to take care of what they got going on. Um, but family day was awesome. I got to, you know, take care of you and your family. Um, I got to take care of, uh, of an, actually a, uh, eight day old, uh, that was just born, just got wow. out of the hospital, uh, a little while ago. They, they brought it, they brought her in to get checked out. Um, and it's a good thing they did because, you know, when she was born, um, she, the pregnancy went very well because the mom was under chiropractic care. Um, everything went super easy. She didn't need an epidural or anything. 
And, uh, you know, she, she had Brave a job. Woman. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you know, she said labor and everything, everything lasted like a total of two hours. So, you know, it was an awesome experience for her. And, um, you know, but when, when she gave birth, um, it was a natural birth. And, of course, there's a lot of pressure and torsion and a lot of things going on, you know, when the baby's coming out. You know, imagine imagine coming out of such a, you know, such a small hole, you know. Again, guys, try to keep your mind out of the gutter here. But um, it's such a difficult process being born. I mean, it's so traumatic. You know, your bones actually don't really mineralize completely to allow you to kind of uh, squeeze through a little bit easier, which is, you know, of course, part of, you know, God's plan or whatever the case is. But, you know, it's just amazing to see now when kids come out of there what, what's happening to their necks. And since kids have been going to get chiropractic adjustments after they've been born, um, they notice that they've they've responded better as far as development of motor skills, development of speech skills. Um, I had a patient a few years ago that came in with a child, um, and the child was nine months old, and I adjusted her, and then she walked for the first time the very next day. You know, she was kind of a late walker, um, and, and her mom said, man, you know, right after you adjusted her, she, she started crawling everywhere, and then the next day she stood up and walked, and uh, that was a really cool story and, and one that I love to tell because it shows, you know, the power that the body has within it. I mean, we all have the power to be healthy. The problem is is that we, we create interference in our own bodies, daily choices and whatever the case is, and, and stress, physical, chemical, and emotional. And the awesome part about chiropractic is that it doesn't change that. It just allows it to happen, you know, and removing that interference from the body is really, it, it's an amazing thing when you, when you see that happen and, and when you get those kind of results. And, you know, people call them miracles, but you know, every day is a miracle and we're supposed to have miracles happen every day and, and they're in there. You just got to, just got to let them be free. Just got to get them out of there, you know? So it it was pretty cool to see both of those stories happen. And, um, she was kind of whining and, you know, kind of colicky and, you know, she hadn't been sleeping well and, um, that kind of stuff, but we'll see how she responds. I have yet to have yet to have them come back in for, for the follow-up. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, family day was awesome very cool uh we had we had nine new patients come in that day and give free care um which was which was great you know so um i couldn't have been happier with it and i'm looking forward to the next one maybe around st patrick's day or something like that we'll have it attaboy man and uh i wanted to ask you now that you're talking about children my my child you know he's he's gone to see you a couple times but he usually goes to his primary care and you know he gets shots and stuff and uh, when he went back to you on family day, he had a nervous breakdown, basically. He started crying. How do you – do you deal a lot with that now that, that you deal with kids that, that go to their primary doctors? Definitely. Um, it's it's really funny because I have kids all the time come in, and they are freaked out. They are like, oh, my God, this guy's going to give me a shot. You know, they start crying right away. Um, but that's actually why I try to tell parents when they have kids – that there's an alternative. You know, you don't necessarily need to vaccinate your children. As a matter of fact, I think that it's better to allow children to to acquire their immunity naturally um, by acquiring viruses and different colds and different things like that and then helping their body fight by adjusting them and keeping their nervous system clear, which is what runs their immune system. You know, but we're built to fight all these different colds and viruses and all these things, and we've evolved, and, you know, our, our immune systems can handle them. The only time that I would say that you know, a vaccination would be a good time for a child would be as if they were born premature, if they had any type of immune immunodeficiency issues. You know, some people are born with immunoglobulin, um, which are antibody, you know, you know uh, difficulties or, or problems with the way that they develop, um, or if they have any type of anemias, you know, those kinds of things. But those are all screened for, um, and you don't need to vaccinate, in my opinion, you know, right away. And Unfortunately, vaccinations in the wrong type of a situation can cause a lot of ill effects. And, you know, for the benefit to outweigh the risk, outweigh the risk there, you know, I just don't see it, I, and I don't think it's there. And, and I'm not saying that parents are bad for vaccinating their kids because it's just what everybody is used to doing. But that's the whole point of what I'm doing in my office is, is letting people know that there's an alternative. Every time your doctor tells you you have to take this medication or you have to do this vaccination, there's always an alternative to that, and it's important that you remember that. You know, it's just up to you to decide whether you want to go that route or you want to stick with the one that you're currently in, you know, because you have to go one way or the other 
a lot of times. You know, I'm not saying that if you get vaccinated, you can't get chiropractic, but it does help, you know, more if you do chiropractic without the vaccinations because, again, that immune system already has toxins in it at that point. It actually makes chiropractic even more necessary. You know, when they inject vaccinations, it's not only a, a you know, a, a dead virus that they're putting in or an attenuated virus. There's also a lot of other things that are in these vaccines that are causing neurodegenerative and neurotoxic problems for the kids. And, you know, if it's a child that's that's susceptible to autoimmune disease, you know, mm-hmm. then there's also a pretty good chance as well, too, that they could even develop autism or, uh, you know, other types of issues from those vaccines. Something that, that I again, like I said, I don't think that the benefits outweigh the risk. There's all this talk about, oh, polio was cured by vaccines and all these diseases were eradicated by vaccines. Um, you know, but if you look at the timeline and when all these things happen, it's actually a little bit more sanitation that created, you know, uh, a, a big change there. That's right around when doctors started finally washing their hands in between giving birth and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I don't necessarily agree with vac- with vaccinations, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and, of course, as you see, it makes it, it, makes it difficult um, for myself to, to treat kids. But, you know, that's only the first couple times. Once they come in a few times and they get to know me and, they, you know, they come in. I have I have a pair of kids, uh, a pair of twins that come into the office and one of the kids is autistic. And it was impossible to get him to sit down in the chair and take a reading of his neck. Now he jumps in and he runs into the office. But he wouldn't even say mom and dad before. And now he says, Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray. And he runs and he sits and he jumps down on the chair. Um, and he, he just waits for his for his neck to get skinned, man. It's really an awesome thing to see. Um, but it takes nice. some time to develop that and for them to understand that, you know, we're not going to be giving you a shot and, and causing you any pain. In fact, we don't want you to get shots here. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it takes a little bit of time, but it, it can be a lot of fun to, uh, dealing with the kids. I bet, man. Oh, it's a blessing, dude. It's it's a blessing. You're you're helping out the community out there, and it's it's a really cool thing what you're doing there on Family Day. And uh, now that we're talking about Family Day, and that I went there, Doctor Ray, what what did you what did you diagnose me with? Did you did you find a third leg, a, a second a second brain, or something on me? What what did you find? Uh, well, I mean, as long as you don't mind us talking about it. Um... No, that's you know, totally fine, dude. This is this is I'm for the people, man. These are my people, my our listeners. These are these are all the people. All right. Well, since since you uh you know want to go over it a little bit, um I know that you came in and you know one of the concerns was that um you noticed a little bit of like a mass on the side of your leg and um you know looking at it and 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 feeling it and palpating it, it's called. Um, you know, I'm not exactly even a hundred percent exactly sure what it is right now at this point, so. Based on on everything, I'm pretty confident that it's nothing serious that we need to worry about. But what I do want to do is make sure that we get a scan done. Um, we're going to send you out for a CT scan, which is you know it's not the most powerful imaging source, but it is one that's that's economic and cost effective. And again, because I'm not so worried about it being serious, um, it's something that we can do. Now, if it was a painful mass, or you know it was one that was. Uh, you know, felt like it was stuck in just one place um, or if there was anything, you know, coming out of it, like any blood or any pus or anything like that, then I would be a lot more worried. Um, if you had any other types of symptoms that were going on, like if you had just lost a lot of weight recently, if pain in that area woke you up at night, you know, if you had fever or chills or anything, then I would be a little bit more concerned. Um, but at this point, you know, it looks like it could be just, you know, maybe a fatty tumor like a lipoma, something like that. Maybe it's a cyst, something like that. Um, but we'll figure it out more. Yeah, and they're benign. This happens all the time. They're called lipomas. Um, you can have really small ones. People get them a lot, like, inside by their eyes. Um, they also get them on their backs a lot. Um, but it's nothing, you know, it's nothing to worry about, something that can be easily excised and, and pain-free and not cause any type of issue and, you know, something. Or you can just leave it. I mean, either way, it, it's nothing that, that seems to be a problem for me. But we always, whenever there's something like this, want to double-check to make sure and just rule out that it is nothing dangerous because we always, you know, we can feel and we can palpate and we can do all that, but we have to double check and make sure with some imaging and make sure that everything's in good shape there, even though I believe that it is. And what about this CT scan? What is Number one, what, is, what does CT stand for, Dr. Ray, and what, what does it do? What are they going to do? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to put you into a um, – it's, it's very similar to an MRI. 
um, except for the it, it's not magnetic resonance imaging that's going on. Um, and I'm drawing a blank right now on what the CT actually stands for. But if you can look that up, I'll be able to explain it to you a little bit better. Um, but basically, the CT scan is just a way of taking your body, slicing down small images, and putting them back together again to create an image um, that, will, okay. that will portray okay. basically the difference I, between I, different tissues in your body. So they'll be able to tell what's bone, what's muscle, what's ligament, and then what's not. And then depending on, on how it shows up on the film, they'll be able to figure out what type of a tissue is it is. Is it? Again, is is it a liquid? Is it pus? Is it um is it, you know, a bunch of skin that's growing? Is it a fatty tumor? Is it a, a cancerous tumor? They'll be able to figure out those things based on that. And the radiologist will read it and then also I'll also visualize it and double check everything as well too. Well here I got um from E Medicine Health. CT or CAT scans are special x-ray tests that produce cross-sectional images of the body using x-rays and a computer. CT scans are also referred to as computerized, computerized axial topography. To- tomog- tomography or something like that. Yeah, computerized that's tomography. Right. That's exactly what it is. So it, it's basically a bunch of x-rays that they're going to take um, to create a 3D image, um, in other words. So, and that's why it was slipping my mind. Computerized tomography is something that's difficult to remember when you have to remember all the words that I have to remember. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so, and again, it's a great way to see what it is that's going on. Um, X-ray. Again, it's not the clearest picture, but um, it is something that will that will definitely put us in the right direction there. Nice, man. Well, dude, I I um. You know, I don't, I don't really talk, I don't really care about talking about my, uh, my stuff. I just want to be healthy, and and you know, this might actually help somebody out there who's listening and and might have something similar, or, or you know, wants to check it out, and 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 is probably scared to check it out, or you know, they don't, they just don't want to receive any bad news. Uh, but if we if we can walk them through it and and just you know show them what what's what it what is involved and uh you know we'll we'll keep them in, we'll keep them informed dr ray i got uh, i got the appointment next thursday so uh we'll take the ct scan and we'll we'll figure out what this is excellent that sounds great and and manny that's 100% the truth you know if there's anybody out there listening and you've got a mass somewhere or a growth somewhere or something and you know maybe it's in a, it's in a private area too you know there's so many different things that it could be from a hernia to a lipoma to God forbid a cancerous tissue, you know, but we always want to conduct a thorough physical exam, try to see if we can narrow it down a little bit. And then from there, if you can't pinpoint exactly what it is, you always want to get some imaging done on it, you know, and um, definitely something that you want to do sooner than later because it can always become more than what it is at one point, you know, and, and if you if you leave it there untreated, can, that it can become harder to treat later on in the future. And, you know, early detection is, is a huge part of better outcomes. So the sooner that you get diagnosed with something, um, you know, God forbid it's something serious, you know, the sooner that and, and that you'd find it, the better that your treatment outcomes will be. So, you know, don't be scared to know what it is. I think it's more scary to not know what it is, um, quite frankly, because that's when things can really get out of hand. You know, I can't tell you how many times I tell people, oh, we need to test this, and they're like, eh, I don't want to know. You do want to know, and you want to know before it's too late, really. You know, that's really the biggest thing. So, you know, 100%, you want to know what's going on. Don't be afraid to, you know, call in the show, tweet us, you know, tweet me at Dr. Ray T. Hey, Doc, I got this thing on my leg. You know, I don't know what it is. You can tweet a picture to me. I mean, whatever you want to do. I'm here for you guys um, that are out there listening. You know, the information we give out here on the show is free. Uh, you know, whatever you guys want to do, you just go ahead and let me know, and I'll help you out as best as I can and point you in the right direction. If you don't live in Miami and you can't make it to my office, that's fine, too. You know, I'll help you try to find somebody around you that might be able to might be able to answer your questions and, and help you out with your health care there. Nice, Dr. Ray. Thank you a lot, man. I uh I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll keep the people informed, man. We'll see what the CT scan is, man. I'm pretty sure it's just something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing serious because I'm a healthy I'm a healthy human being. Um, 
But uh, now that I start, you know, thinking about it, it might be something from a, a running injury or something. I, I do a lot of running, um, but I do a lot of running on concrete, on asphalt, on the street. And I think uh, the shoes that I use to go running are uh, a little bit older, but I love them because they're very comfortable to run in. But uh, I think that might have to uh, that might have uh, something to do with it. But um, We'll see, man. We'll see what's going on. Hundred percent. That's what it's all about. Just finding out what it is that's really going on. So we'll be doing that. But um <clears throat> I did want to go ahead and, and talk a little bit now also about our uh topic of the day. Um and my tweet of the week is something that I'm gonna be doing from now on. Um so if you guys haven't already, and go ahead and head on over to my website, which is three five three heal dot com and click on Dr. Ray's blog. And I've got a few things on there talking about primary care and, you know, how chiropractors can step into the role and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm really going to start now getting into every week a different topic about how how chiropractic as a primary care um, provider or a chiropractor as a primary care provider can really help make a difference not only in your symptoms but also down the road. You know, when it comes to digestive issues, which is what we're talking about this week, uh, to me, digestion is probably one of the most important signs of somebody's overall health. Um, and the reason is because, you know, a big part of the immune system is in the stomach. But more importantly, the stomach is where you absorb things. And in the blog, I wrote down about, you know, there's a saying that says you are what you eat. But it's not so much you are what you eat as much as you are what you absorb. And that is all depending on the stomach health and your digestive health. So, you know, what are some signs and symptoms of, of having a, a, a improper digestion? Well, number one, when you eat 10 to 15 minutes later, if it's, you know, a regular meal like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, at that point you should be having what's called an oral fecal response, which means you should be having the urge to go number two. If you are eating and a little while later you're not wanting to go number two, that means that your digestion is a little bit slow. It's not that you're 100% constipated to where, you're, you know, you're not having a bowel movement for three or four days, but you do want to be having bowel movements regularly two, three times a day if you're eating those, that many large meals. Um, that's something that shows very, very good digestive health. That means that your stomach is breaking down food. That means that your your intestines are absorbing nutrients and that your stomach is blocking out all the bad stuff that it needs to in order to keep everything moving you know, quickly through through the gut the way that it should. Um, so that's one thing. Um, in addition to that, if you if you experience a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, a lot of inconsistency in the in the stools or anything like that, any changes with your bowel movements, the regularity of them, or the consistency of, of the stool, you know, those things are all signs that there's something that could be going on inside of your stomach. Um, acid reflux, uh, bloating extra gas, as we mentioned. Anytime you see blood in the stools, that's a big, big deal. Um, it could just be hemorrhoids, but it could also be, you know, ulcerative colitis or it could be Crohn's disease or there's so many things that, that it could be at that point that you really want to try to get an evaluation as soon as possible. Um, I just had a really cool story with a patient come in um, a month ago. She was bleeding. Um, she had, excuse, excuse guys, if there's somebody out there eating, I'm sorry about that, but um, she had she had diarrhea and there was a lot of blood. It was you know she said that the toilet was filled up with just blood and mucus, um, and she said, "Oh mm. my god!" And she was she was freaked out, you know. And and how many people, if they had blood and mucus in the toilet after having a bowel movement, would go to their chiropractor? Probably not too many, but because she understood about the fact that we're doing primary care now, she came in. We did some blood work. We saw that she was anemic due to the fact that she lost so much blood. Um, sent her out to do um, an endoscopy, um, and what we found out was that she had ulcerative colitis. So she's ha she had some polyps in the intestines, and her colon was, you know, covered in, in patches of, you know, just just skin that was, or not skin, but epithelial cells that were just worn away. And so, you know, we decided to try to figure out what is it that's going on. Um, so we took a sample, and we did a stool test, and we're still waiting on the results. But we started we started her up on uh, a couple natural things to help her. We gave her a cream um, to help her with with B12, um, knowing that the the stomach is essential in absorbing B12. 
um, we were able to get her a transdermal cream so that she would absorb it through her skin instead of through her stomach, and that started to help her do better with the anemia. And then we also started to give her um, a supplement I have called Glutamed um, RX, which is basically glutamine, aloe vera, um, arabinogalactins, and um, a, a little bit of marshmallow root and licorice root, and it helps to really kind of help with the inflammation in the stomach and in the colon. And then also the glutamine really helps to seal it up and to help with the stools and get them back to their regular consistency. So that was a month ago. She came in today, uh, yesterday and told me that she was 100% back to normal, better energy than she had before she had uh, before she was dealing with anything. So she really responded very, very well, and it was only a month. Um, you know, her, her doctor told her, oh, take this medication. Um, and the funny part about it was that the medication I went over with and the side effects were diarrhea, bloody stools, low energy, basically everything she was already feeling. So, you know, I told her, listen, you filled the prescription, hang on to it, all right? Maybe don't take it just quite yet. Let's try to see if we can help you out naturally. Let's see if we can do anything. Sure enough, we started adjusting her. She she came in twice a week to get her uh, upper cervical neck, to get her neck adjusted. We started adjusting every day, every day, a little bit of improvement. Finally, she said she feels back to normal and she's better than ever. And we still haven't even got the results of the stool test yet. So now what we're going to do is once we get these results, we're going to see if there's any type of bacterial imbalance, any type of parasites, any type of uh, inflammatory issues, um, any type of digestive enzyme issues, anything that we can do to help support her stomach to keep it as healthy as possible um, and to help avoid any future ulcerative colitis. So ulcerative colitis is almost like an autoimmune type of disease where, the, you know, the body kind of affects it and starts to take care and, and break down its own colon. Um, and that's something that, you know, we can help out naturally if we find out the cause of the problem. Instead of just medicating and, and giving her an anti-inflammatory uh, drug for her stomach, we can get down to the root of the problem and we can save her a lot of problems in the future. Now, how can we help save her problems in the future? Well, as I mentioned earlier, digestion is how your body absorbs. If you are having all these digestive issues and your body's not absorbing nutrients, then you're going to have problems with your body becoming inefficient or non-efficient. And the reason why that's an issue is because there are certain vitamins and nutrients called essential nutrients that you can only get from your diet which means that you can only absorb them through your stomach and your body can't make them on its own. So if you're having stomach problems, that means that you're not getting these essential nutrients. At some point, your body's going to fail somehow, some way or another, and you're going to start to develop small symptoms here and there. So, you know, another um, that's just one example of the way that, that, that Justin plays such a big role. Another thing that I wrote down in my blog was that a lot of times I'll have patients that are that are anxious or depressed and having, you know, kind of kind of brain health issues. And I ask them, you know, before they tell me, I say, you know what, I bet your digestion is not good or I bet that you're gassy and bloated or whatever the case is. And they always tell me yes. And the reason is because here's how you absorb vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is a key, key factor in making neurotransmitters, which are what affect brain, brain health, like serotonin and uh, dopamine. These are essential nutrients for, or excuse me, neurotransmitters for you to feel healthy and well and not depressed, and B12 is an essential part of making them. Um, so it's a big, big issue when it comes to digestive health in as far as mental health, as far as how your body's going to heal and make new cells, as far as how taxed your immune system is going to be. You know, when your immune system is overactivated, like when you have an infection in your stomach, um, it starts to just drain your body of nutrients and drain you and drain you and drain you. It's kind of like you're in your car, and when you turn the engine on, you know, the RPMs go up a little bit when you're idled, and that's around where they should stay. But when you have an infection, it's kind of like you're slamming your, your foot down on the gas. You're using a lot more gas at that point, and you're also using a lot more nutrients when your body is fighting against an infection. So if there's a problem in your stomach or a bacterial imbalance in your stomach, then that's a lot of times how the body starts to run low on nutrients and you start to feel tired and you start to feel bad and then other symptoms start to develop. So digestive health can really, really improve or exacerbate conditions. So the medical treatment out there is just one that is not, not great. I mean, for acid reflux, they give you antacids, which, which basically make your stomach alkaline, which is pretty much the opposite of what you want. 
you want your blood to be alkaline and you want your stomach to be as acidic as possible because that acid destroys bugs and parasites and, and bacteria and everything that you eat, you know, on a daily basis. Um, so it's a big, big deal there, you know. Um, and, you know, digestive health is something that it's not the best thing to talk about, you know, unfortunately, and a lot of people are kind of shy to talk about that. But, you know, knowing about the way that your body functions is extremely important and it, it can really help your doctor if your doctor knows what he's talking about as far as digestion goes, um, you know, make make some good changes for you and help you become more regular, which will help your overall health tremendously. So if you guys out there listening are having any type of stomach issues and you're having any other types of symptoms that you feel, your stomach could be the key for them, you know. Um, and seeing a functional medicine doctor or, or a chiropractic internist such as myself uh, can really help you get to the bottom of the issues and, and um, you know, get back to being regular and, and being healthy again at, at some point. Um, did that raise any questions for you at all, Manny? Yeah, I totally – I wanted to ask you about that upper upper cervical adjustment mm-hmm. that you do. Is that the same thing that you did to my wife on, on a family day? Yes, it is, exactly. Now, a lot of people I know, you know, just from looking at it, um, you've done it to me as well, and it, it looks kind of scary. It looks like you're going to, you know, break somebody's neck. But can you can you explain a little bit? I know we only have about five minutes left, but can you explain a little bit about that and what that actually does and how it feels to the patient and what it does to the patient, actually? Definitely. So, you know, upper cervical, as I mentioned before, chiropractic is all about getting the body to heal better. So, the brainstem, or, you know, if anybody out there has seen Waterboy, the medulla oblongata, right? The medulla oblongata is part of the brainstem, and the brainstem is what does everything involuntary for you. So the reason why in movies when they break your neck that people die right away is because the bone, the atlas, the first bone in the neck actually breaks and fractures, and it pierces the brainstem, which is where life comes from. So if breaking the neck kills you, Imagine what a little pressure in this area does. A little pressure around the atlas or around the brainstem creates interference in the communication between the brain and the body. So in order for the body to heal, it has to be able to communicate with the brain. In order for the body to function right, it has to be able to communicate with the brain. So what, it, what it's called when you have pressure around the brainstem or the atlas is called a subluxation. So the point of upper cervical chiropractic is to correct these subluxations that happen when we experience physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. So stress is what allows that bone to move out of place, if you will, and create pressure or interference around the brainstem that inhibits your body's natural ability to take care of itself. So when I adjust the upper cervical neck, immediately people start to feel better because that area, the pressure is relieved, the muscles in their neck relax, those muscles go all the way down to their pelvis and to the base of their back, so they start to feel it all the way down there. But the magic really happens when they go to bed at night, and their brainstem and their body and all the 70 trillion cells that make up their body are communicating better with less interference, and that's really when healing can occur. So should should the patient be scared? Should they, you know, are they going to feel any pain when you adjust them? What What do you do actually... Tell the listeners out there, what is it exactly that you do? No problem. So what it is basically is the joint, um, the joint of the atlas bone and the axis, which is the second one, is it's a, it's a joint that's a little bit different than the rest of the joints of the, of the spinal column. So the way that it works is basically I have to put my finger on a certain part of the bone, and then I have to kind of pull it in a direction where I can separate the two joints for a millisecond. What that does is that it allows any air that's, that's accumulated or gas that's accumulated in that joint to basically come out. And it sounds like a crack, but it's not the bones that are moving. It's actually air escaping from the joint capsule that creates that sound. So it's kind of like when you open a champagne bottle. You know, you get that popping noise. That's the same thing. It's air escaping from the bottle and it's air escaping from the joint. So... You know, if we take an x-ray before an adjustment and after adjustment, there's not going to be any change in the structure of your spine. But if we keep adjusting your spine in the right way, we can actually start to get structural changes that improve the way that your spine, well, improve your spine's health, um, I guess, to put it nice and nice and concise there. Um, but the way that it looks is like almost like we're twisting the head, but it's not twisting the head at all, actually. There should be the least amount of rotation that you can possibly get into those 
into those joints. But it's a very quick movement. It's over in about five, you know, less than five seconds, you know, and, and right away it's a little bit scary, especially the first time because your head just moves so rapidly. But once that happens, it's a, it's a big relief and it feels great. Um, so that's upper cervical care. Um, and it's an essential part of everybody. If you've got spine and stress, you want to go ahead and you want to get that upper cervical care uh, taken care of because it will help your body heal better and it will help you feel better. Um, and I know we're running out of time. I hear the music coming in the background. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Manny, I want to thank you for coming there for Family Day. And, again, if you guys have any questions, at Dr. Ray T, call in the show. Uh, we'll see you next week. we got a great speaker for next week. This is Dr. Ray signing off. Have a great one, guys. entertainment designed just for you then check out customizable streaming tv from xfinity it makes your life simple easy awesome xfinity gives you customizable streaming tv options enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your tv with x1 go to xfinity.com call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more restrictions apply this phone drives me crazy. Excuse me, I'm the Sprinter and from Sprint. Try my new iPhone XR with an amazing liquid retina display. This is amazing. Mind if I snap a few photos? Look at that color. I love this display. I, uh, I'm going to need that back. Switch to Sprint and get iPhone XR 64 gigabytes for $0 per month with an eligible trade-in and a Sprint Flex lease. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Phone $0 per month for 18 months after thirty-one twenty-five per month credit applied within two bills. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Excludes tax. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply.